Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911 two man car. The month of June is dedicated not to pride. Are you kidding me? It's dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In 1693, Sister Margaret Mary Alacoque had the first of four visions where she saw Lord Jesus Christ with his heart exposed and with, and with thorns around his heart. And that indicates the, the way he burns with love for his people. So in the month of uh, June, remember to consecrate your family to the Sacred Heart of Jesus this month. If you haven't done it, place or hang an image of the Sacred Heart in your home because what this tells people, this indicates and reminds you and the family that Jesus Christ is King and Lord of our homes, our marriages, and our families. And that also puts demons on notice. You're telling demons, guess what? This house belongs to Christ the King. Get out. Paul, are you on duty, my friend? I am, Jess. All right. Today's also the feast of St. Norbert. Uh, he passed away in 1134 A.D., He's the founder of the Norbertines, uh, one of the great religious orders. Uh, he was also a missionary preacher. And uh, we will, we'll, we'll ask St. Norbert, pray for us today. Hey, I want to talk about the fact that life is short. A good friend of mine wrote an article indicating how short life is. And he kind of talked about the different stages that we've all experienced in the last couple of years. He called his article ephemeral, which means it lasts a short time. Anything. Uh, life is short. Pain is short. Suffering is short. Even good times here on earth are short. Everything is ephemeral. That's mm -hmm. the point that he's making. And so he says that when the COVID began three years ago, people were in a full panic for one reason or another. And uh, some people believe the hype. Uh, you know, maybe it was the moment that you realized finally, hey, I'm not going to live forever. And if you saw through the hype, you probably thought, I can't assume any that my freedoms will stand forever. Either way, people experienced a rude awakening on how short man's health or the protection of his rights really are. So what did you do? Well, there's two camps that people fell into in, to some degree or another. If you were in the terrified of COVID camp, you found refuge in hard solutions that would allegedly protect you from the deadly virus. You wore a mask, took an essential, an, an, an experimental treatment, and maybe even entertained the idea that you could hide from COVID, perhaps forever. Well, maybe not forever, but as long as some authority told you to take su such extreme measures and stay in your home and avoid human contact and stay six feet apart. If you didn't believe the hype, like me and Paul, in addition to protesting masks and other government overreach, you too looked for consolation and hard solutions. But your solutions were more authentically solid and eternal than your misguided COVID-fearing friend. Perhaps you went to mass more often. Check. Spent more time with the family. Check. And took up essential skill-developing hobbies, hobbies that have stood the test of time, like reading, gardening, building, homeschooling, chicken-keeping, and praying. Check. Since COVID, my friend writes, 
I have grown close to a tightly knit Catholic community that has become more connected, more prayerful, and more supportive of one another. My family is still experiencing the awesome effect of more of more deeply joining the kind of community that already that already knew that this world is not eternal. But we're all connected. We're all as connected, strong, and as resolved now as we were three years ago. How about three years ago? Look, look around you at this time. The narrative of the world went crazy for a while during COVID, but now it's all back to normal. Ah, that's a false narrative. We are instead in an era of what the Hegelians or Marxists would call normalization, which is not normal at all. Unfortunately, we're all lulling back to some of the complacency we had before COVID. He goes, I know I am. We're falling again for, for that, which is ephemeral. How do we spot this new complacency in us? How do we stop ourselves from reversion? By the way, this article is written by my friend Ty McAtee. He's a school teacher. He's got nine kids, uh, and he's got, he goes to the, an FSSP parish. He's a good he's a good young man. Paul, pick it up where it says normalization. Uh, go ahead, just continue. I'm on the road today. Oh, that's Carolina, right, you are. So. so what is normalization? And I want you to, Paul, jump in and make some comments uh, as you hear something that triggers you. The media clued us, sleepwalkers, in on this notion back when they saturated us with the expression new normal. You all remember that. We, of course, knew that perpetual masking, asking the government if we could go outside to play and endless experimental drugs on a mandated routine was anything but normal. Mm. So here's here's the first stages. Okay, the first stage that uh, my friend talks about. He says the first stage, according to KGB defector Yuri Bezmanov, talks about the four stages used to collapse a society from the inside. So he says this is the this is the first stage on collapsing a society. It's called demoralization, Paul. And I think they they, they did that to us. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Demoralization is a stage. And I want to get you, I want to just share this and I want your comment on this. Demoralization is a stage whereby a civilization is deliberately made weaker, dumber, and immoral. Paul, are we there? (laughs) Weaker, dumber, and and, and more immoral? Yeah. This would make... For a long time. Yeah. This would make sense considering that such hapless people have a historically poor track record when defending themselves. Uh, Yuri Bezmanov, this KGB defector, said that the goal is, quote, ideological subversion, close quote, and that the agenda is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that that despite the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. Since day one of the Pax Americana, the Peace of America, it's fair to say that America has been in an ever-deepening and demoralizing stupor. We got corporate media, junk food, pornography, binge drinking, weed, pop music, professional sports, they have poorly filled voids in us since at least the 60s. And the kinds of voids that things like God, literature, music, art, philosophy, exercise, and proper stewardship over nature should fill. 
As we look back at the contraception, free love, hippies, feminism, abortion, MTV, super double double stuffed Oreos, beer ads with sex appeal, beer ads with trans sex appeal, human centipede and saw movies, etc. It's safe to say that the demoralization phase of America has been complete. Paula, want your comments? Well, 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 Jess, I can tell you that this has been going on long before the 1960s, and and you know, like uh, there's a key point in history. Uh, we've mentioned it before. I'll just say it again. But at the French Revolution, you know, this revolution, right? These ideas that were put forth brought about liberal ideology and liberal thought. Yeah. These seeds that were sprinkled that came about through the French Revolution are, are finally coming you know, to, to be harvested. And we're, we're beginning to see liberalism, Jess, uh, uh, ends up in atheism. OK, yes. in the end, yes. you know, once the what, you know, and we're seeing that now in our country. And by the way, I remember uh, years ago when I was in the Protestant church, I remember Pat Boone. Uh, he said, if the Catholic Church falls, Christianity falls. And you have to remember, we, we and uh, you know this, Jess, we're, we're in a battle. And we call it, you know, the church here on earth, church militant. We know that the enemy, uh, Satan, is the god, little g, of this world. And he has always had Christianity. And when I say Christianity, you know, par excellence, it's within the Catholic Church, you yes. know, without a doubt, it is the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, but he's always had us in his crosshairs. And so, again, uh, you talk about demoralization and, uh, you know, in that first stage, uh, they are literally dismantling a world that was built by the Catholic Church. And they have literally turned it upside down. And good is now being called evil. Evil is now being called good. And we're beginning to see. And in the end, what's going to happen? with all these ideas. Oh, we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing Dodger stadium and what's going on. And, and, and what's the Dodger organization doing? Oh yeah. They're, they they want to give an award to these LGBTQ fake nuns, you know, for all of the, the good hard work that they're doing in society. Uh, these things are an abomination to God. But when, you know, again, I, I said it the other day on the radio, I'll say it again. In Psalm chapter 2, you know, we, we, we see the kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers gather together against the Lord and against his Christ. And, and they're, what, is their, what, what are they saying? They're saying, you know, God, you're a burden to us. Let, let us cast off their cords from us. You know, let us break away. The world wants to break away from God because, in their opinion, God is too restrictive. He doesn't allow me to be me. Truth is no longer an absolute, it's relative to the individual, and that's what we see today. It's that's your truth, and and if you don't approve of my lifestyle or what I'm doing, then you're mean. You're you know you're 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 a hater. That's right. Hold that thought, Paul. Jesus nine one one. We're talking about the fact that life is short. Life is ephemeral, and we're talking about the stages of where America's at today. Stage one, stage two, stage three. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, two-man card, two men that are in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, two men that are in the service of the Queen Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and two faithful sons of the church. By the way, just want to remind you that uh, <clears throat> on June 16th, many, many thousands of Catholics, thousands, are going to be converging at the Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium. If you want information on <clears throat> how to join us in this peaceful, prayerful rally, we're not Antifa, we're not BLM, we don't uh, do uh, <clears throat> violent protests, we do peaceful prayer. We're going to be doing a Jericho march. That's what we're going to do. We're going to walk the seven times around Dodgers Stadium. We're going to try it's Jericho March mm. and bring your rosaries. Uh, and we're going to provide signs and banners, but it's going to be, we're going to stand up for the Catholic Church and we're going to let people know that uh, we're not taking this sitting down. By the way, for those of you that want to watch a good movie on the French Revolution, there's a good movie made by a Catholic production company. It's called The Hidden Rebellion. The Hidden Rebellion. And it shows mm. the, the mass genocide of Catholics during the French Revolution. So the movie's called. You can go on the internet and you can uh, you can watch it on one of the uh, <clears throat> on uh, one of the channels uh, that that streams movies. It's called The Hidden Rebellion. Outstanding movie about the genocide that Catholics uh, experienced during the French Revolution. And guess what? It's coming back. I want to talk now about <clears throat> the next stage of what's going on right now. The next stage is destabilization. Here the goal is, I already shared that, Um, there have been various times over the last 70 years where America has been hit by concentrated surges of destabilization. Having said that, a few years years ago, a recent Republican president, uh, we've been living through an aggressive destabilization phase since 9-11. The World Trade Center buildings were destroyed. America went on the fool's errand of a 20-year war against something that can never, that can never sign a treaty, <laughs> terrorism. The national debt went from 58% of the nation's annual GDP to now 120% of the annual GDP. We had bank bailouts, eight years of a Saul Alinsky Jr. as president, and currently part two of that presidency, now with senility, and more globalism with Joe Biden. Having been sufficiently demoralized and, and stabilized, destabilized, the nation is now ready for st- stage three. And I want to hear Paul's comment on this. This is stage three, crisis. This is the Hegelian inflection point required to finally make the desired change that subverters were setting up. When a significant crisis happens, the population now begs someone to make it go away and bring stability back. Of course, the population is now too porned out, obese, social media addicted, and sports distracted to do anything about it themselves. So some other entity is instead begged by the people to fix it for them. Classically, this is where some tyrannical strongman comes in and saves the day. That is, they stop the crisis at the price of men's freedom. He takes all the power and changes the entire political dynamic in his favor in the process. Except when our crisis came, COVID, we didn't get a Napoleon type, but rather we got guys like Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, the IMF, 
and the same Pfizer that sponsored a Satanic Music Award presentation. Paul, so what do you think about the phase that we're in now, right now, after being demoralized, we're now in the destabilization phase, which is a crisis. Comments? Yeah. And prior prior to that, Jess, you talked about, uh, you know, I just wanted to make a comment that, listen, when the economy suffers, when the economy is weak, they've known this for a long time. What do they do? Well, start a war. Why? War is good for the economy. Mm. War fires up, number one, the manufacturing, especially those companies that, 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 that specialize in making weapons of war, right? And yes. so now we're fighting this proxy war with Russia to the tune of billions of dollars. You know, why? Because our economy is suffering, and they know this. We were warned by that with Dwight David Eisenhower. He said the only thing Americans should fear before he left was the military-industrial complex. Why? <laughs> because these people, they put money, the economy, and wealth ahead of human life. And mm. so when we look at the fact that so many people have died in, in the Ukraine, nobody's even batting an eye. Why? Because they're not Americans. Well, guess what? They're children of God. They right. are people who God has created and values and knows each and every one of them. But we act like we're living over here in a bubble as long as it doesn't affect us. You know, we can continue to do this. Where's the outcry that we're sending billions in weaponry over there, getting Americans rich over what? Over money just at the, you know, and, and it, there, we have devalued human life. That, 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 that's what I see from that aspect. Now you're talking about, a, you know, the strong man or this, this idea that a strong man can, you know, can rise. What happens is, you know, once they get us to a certain point, it's, 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 this is a progressive thing. They push us a little, a little bit more, and so we give up more and more of our rights and more and more of our rights. And, you know, and when we – all of uh, example, if the, if the supply chains stop flowing – like they normally do if things you know things are, are you know becoming you know, we can't afford them the people start looking for a savior help us save us and then they're willing to give up their so-called rights that they think that they have you know in order to secure whatever it is that the government is promising at the time and as long as we inch closer and closer and closer to this one day we're going to wake up no different than the germans and in, in during nazis uh, during the nazis just they you know uh, they didn't just all of a sudden wake up and say we're nazis you know they, this was a this was a you know calculated obviously the devil's involved and they and they incrementally got to a point uh where they completely uh took over the country with the people you know looking from the outside you know, we're like, how in the world could the Germans ever do something so heinous, so evil? Well, it's because, you know, it, it happened incrementally. And that's what we're, we're, we're seeing here with the destabilization. We're seeing, uh, you know, uh, they're pushing us further and further away till one day we're going to wake up and we're not going to recognize the country as we see. Uh, it's not going to be the country that it, we used to think that it was. That people need to wake up, Jess. People need to understand that, listen. This is a time. This is we, we need God. We've always needed God. We were created by God for God. And until we understand that, everything else is going to be vanity. And like, uh, you know, the, you know uh, everything is temporal. And so uh, we just need to wake up, 
and, uh, you know, trust God, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. God will show us the way. Amen, brother. Amen. I think now we're, we're moving into the last stage, which is normalization once again. This is the period whereby the subverted people are introduced to a new form of government, a new set of immoral norms, a new economy, lower election standards, and critical theory narratives to help any, everyone somehow feel less oppressed than before the normalization. Sorry, but it's for everyone's good that we get used to these new standards. That's what they tell us. Mm-hmm. Society will need, will need them now to keep a new COVID under control from climate change blowing up the planet or from the domestic violent extremists staging a new insurrection. I mean, that's the narrative that we hear from the left today. So this is where we're at now. If, if, if you're sliding back into old patterns of consumption, it's because we've been programmed to find comfort in these temporal and subversive things like beer, sports events with pride nights, mm-hmm. pornography, video games, and the rest. <clears throat> Once we feel too powerless to fight back, we're trained to see, seek escapism in these old habits. As mm-hmm. uh, the Russian KGB agent Yuri Bezmanov said in his interview, the normalization phase may last indefinitely. And none of these stages necessarily terminates once a subsequent stage is implemented. While the current normalization is being installed, those who have invested in our demise need us as incapacitated, distracted, and as fat and flabby as we were before COVID. Mm. Those who understand the normalization that is going on must not interfere with its installation. We're not supposed to find moderation at this time. We're supposed to retreat back into excess and circus and to believe that we're too weak to to give it up. Which moves us right into now the ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, drag queen nun shows. These drag queen nun shows at Major League Baseball games. This is the logical conclusion to worsening Pride Month and Pride Nights that have gone unchecked for years. America just can't say no to professional sports. Eventually, the envelope gets pushed too far, and that's exactly what happened this year, Paul. You know, Jess, you pointed out that these phases, you know, you know, of, of basically that society that a society goes through, and I would say the deconstructive uh, phases of of a society, they're secular, and so they, that's why they don't go away. It, it, it's round one. It's like a boxing match. Round one, we hit the cycle. Now it's time for round two until we get further and further and further away. And where does it end, Jess? I'll tell you where it ends. Like you said, it ends essentially in communism, in Marxism. It ends in uh, rights being eroded, and it ends in slavery. And if you understand and, and you look at it through spiritual lenses, if the sun shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That's what that's that's the Catholic uh, values being put into place is understanding that Jesus is king, that, you know, that when we that when we put our faith and our hope and our and our obedience to his um, uh, standard, uh, society is orderly. It's peaceful. But yeah. when we get rid of Jesus, 
is what is what was what they're attempting to do here slowly but surely then truth becomes relative and it, you know it's not my truth uh you know they they you know like the people in the with the uh, lgbtq ideology will say well that's your truth and this is my truth and your truth is no more truth than my truth truth becomes relative and that's exactly what you see and and if truth is relative then nothing makes sense anymore. Then society then becomes destabilized and it becomes chaos. And that's exactly what we're seeing in our country right now. Just we are seeing chaos, uh, you know, and and uh, they have lulled us to sleep, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and by intention. And each time, you know, uh, again, this is why they want to attack tradition so much. It's like, imagine somebody who has um, um, uh uh, Alzheimer's disease or something, and he doesn't remember who he was. So therefore, he doesn't know where he's going even now. You know, you remember in patrol, we used to find these guys walking the streets, right? We'd be like, yeah. hey, hey, and they, they don't even know where they're going because yeah. they don't know who they are. Yeah. Hold that thought, Paul. Hold that thought. Jesus 911, a heartbreak. We'll be right back. We're talking about life is short, it's ephemeral, it's temporary, it's transitional. We got to be Hebrews 13. We're citizens of heaven. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Jesus 911, life is short, life is ephemeral. It's transitory. It lasts a short time. That's what we're talking about right now. A good article written by my friend Ty McAtee on how short life is. He uh, he ends by saying, he got, in the article, trying to, to, to wind it down a bit here. <clears throat> he says about worthy investments. It's a bit scary when you know what the social engineers are up to. An easy fear to succumb is the fear of what you're going to lose as their agenda advances. And considering we're body-soul composites, of course, we're concerned about our jeopardized physical assets. What with the activities of the World Economic Forum, inflation, bozo politicians, and the vampire plutocrats they serve. It's finally got to the point where many of our friends and family, if they aren't struggling financially, they are struggling to find any free time. This typically happens in a socialist transitioning society that is stubbornly stalling a recession. The people who pull their weight reflexively pull harder. And this is increasingly evident when you interact with friends at social gatherings. Everyone bought, everybody talks about how exhausted they are, how the market keeps getting worse, and, 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 and many have picked up a second job or a side hustle. It's tough making decisions on how to invest during times like these. How much time should be invested in a side hustle to keep the same economic standard that we had before COVID? Uh, but again, we are body soul composites. While we must make wise investments for our material needs, we also make investments in immaterial things as humans. It's our nature. In addition to material investments, we're constantly making investments in long lasting things that don't have anything to do with the material assets or money. When you read a book, you're investing time into your education, prayer rosary. You're making a spiritual deposit. Give your kids some quantity time, quality time, eat your heart out. 
and you're making an investment that pays dividends when they demonstrate more respect towards you and greater eagerness to mind the fourth commandment. When people who don't value your material or immaterial assets keep attacking your possessions and your ephemeral desires, it's a good time to invest in the things that are more eternal and less ephemeral. When I think about what I've gotten away from over the last year and what I need to better invest in, I keep landing on three things, my faith, my family, and my friends. My faith is eternal and the souls of my family and friends are, are as well. If you've lapsed from the family rosary, revive that practice. If you've neglected time with family and friends, get back to them. I determined that social engineers had robbed me of professional sports three years ago. I should have walked away sooner. That's okay. Let the social engineer, engineers have something so ephemeral and frivolous. It was a poor investment of my time anyway. I have the best family and the best friends in the world. I would rather invest my time and energy in such great people. If you're reading this article, I thank you deeply for your friendship and hope to see you at a function that builds authentic Catholic culture again soon. I hope to find myself praying shoulder to shoulder with you again outside of an abortion clinic or discussing a good book or encyclical in short time. I truly treasure the bonds we've made over the last three years. And if you're looking for <clears throat> serious investments <clears throat> to make your spiritual efforts and your time right now, good news. You don't have to look far. Heck, Bishop Robert Barron is challenging Catholics to boycott the L.A. Dodgers. Surely, there are many traditional Catholics out there who would rather not be, not be outdone by Bishop Barron. And so Catholic Vote is rallying a million-dollar boycott against the Dodgers. They are currently accepting donations of time and money to fight the L.A. blasphemers. Did you know there is a summer Exodus 90? There is a practice that pays back, back huge returns. It's worth considering, men. You are living during a takeover. All of us are, actually. This is the normalization phase. But you can choose against the normalization, which has been planned for you by the globalist, if the new normal includes the perversion of some ephemeral things, many of which have been subversive to begin with, then, then so be it. But why squander this opportunity to instead invest in that which is more eternal? It's a wonderful time to get back your COVID-era resolutions. It's a great time to reinvest in the things that cannot be taken away from you and that are truly fulfilling. Don't waste it. Good job, Ty. Paul, comments? Yes, yes. Um, number one, um, so this, you know, it should not surprise any of us that the Dodgers organization, who is a part of the world, and we know that in, in the world that we live in today, athletes have been idolized to the point to where, you know, it, 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 you know sports has become the national religion, so to speak. Um, so it, it shouldn't surprise us that the Dodgers, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, are part of the worldview that promotes the LGBTQ agenda. So, so what value do we have as Catholics by, by, by participating in this? Here's the value. Number one, we said before that we were lulled to sleep. Well, this is a chance for, uh, you know, for those who, have, who are awake, you know, in opposition to woke, right? We are yeah. awake, and it gives us an opportunity to reignite those embers that are still burning in people that have, you know, don't really realize or haven't seen, you know, what's really at stake and what's going on. And it'll bring about a broader conversation uh, 
about what we can do to stand against these ideas that the world um, that the world puts forth. But uh, here's one thing I'd like to read just real quick. And okay. This this will kind of encapsulate yeah. a lot of things as well. Uh, this is in Luke chapter 12. Jesus says, um, he says in cha- uh, verse 15, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. We would, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, remember when the 1929 stock market crashed, people were committing suicide and everything else. Why? Because for them, they were so fixed on the temporal that they, you know, life is not worth it. I've lo- uh, worth living. I've lost everything. Well, let's just see what, what Jesus has to say about that, what the, word, what the Word of God has to say. Amen. He says, and he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will, I, I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the mm. things you have prepared, wow. uh, whose will they be? So is, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's what we're talking about here, uh, Jess. Uh, again, you know, this, the, the, these global elites under the influence of the evil one, you know, they're trying to make us think that the economy and, and earthly goods are everything. And so that when they begin to falter, again, we'll slowly give up our rights. Well, guess what? Our treasure is with God. He is our treasure. He is the one who supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. And that's the message of hope that we need to share with this world that, um, go ahead, Jess, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 remi- it reminds me of uh, the title of the article, what you're saying is, it's in the book of Hebrews, I think it's chapter 13, it says, <clears throat> it says, here we have no lasting city, talking about planet Earth, but we seek the one which is to come. That's that's life on earth is transitory, as St. Paul says, yes. and life in heaven oh. is permanent. It's eternal. Right. Uh, St. Right. Paul even uses to the Corinthians. He talks about that life is transitory uh, and, and we don't seek the things that are transitory. We seek the things that are permanent and eternal. You know, Paul, it's interesting. Um, I tell people when you die in your tombstone, just to show you how ephemeral, how temporal life is. Your tombstone or your grave marker is going to have the day you were born and the day you died. And in between that grave marker is going to be a dash, a dash. Mm. I don't care if you lived a hundred years old. That's still a short, that's ephemeral. That's short. Even if you make it to a hundred, which most of us won't, that was, that dash was still a short time. And that dash represented the whole, the sum total of your life. And guess what? That dash will be weighed in the scales of God's justice and mercy. Hopefully the, or hopefully the scales tip on God's mercy and not on God's justice. And, uh, and, and, and again, I think what uh, the author of this article is trying to tell us to do is just because the globalists have kind of put the, taken the gas off the pedal, the accelerator, we still have to live as if this could be our last day on planet Earth. 
we still have to live with a sense of urgency and with and just like St. Peter says, be vigilant, be watchful. First Peter 5 8. Yes. Right? Yes. Keep your eye on the prize. You know, uh understand. You know, when, when you know, I, I was commenting the other day, somebody asked me, Well, I thought you said, you know, with all the problems going on in the church, I thought you said that the gates of hell would not prevail. Gates are a defensive mechanism. We have to remember God has yep. Weaponized us through Christ, He has made us partakers of the divine nature, and the gates of hell cannot withstand God's truth. Because once the light came into the world, just the darkness could not overcome it. Amen. You know, could not comprehend it. And this is who we are. On this, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And God has sent us forth to 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 literally. He's allowing us the privilege of, uh, you know. Uh, side by side, you know, setting the captive free, uh, doing the works, works which were prepared beforehand by God that we should walk in them. And those, and what are the works of Christ? He came to set the captive free, and that's what we're doing, and that's what we're, uh, what you're going to do that day when you go to Dodger Stadium and boldly proclaim, no, this is the truth that we stand for. We don't accept that. And, you know, and in the end, we say, well, it's a losing battle because we all know that eventually the Antichrist, yeah, we know that, 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 that in the short term, you know, the enemy is going to make grounds. But the war is already won. Christ has won the reward, Amen, uh, won the war. And when he returns, he will come again in glory. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember the battle cry of the Catholic, Christ reigns. Christ commands, Christ is king. The battle cry of the Crusaders in the Middle Ages. Nothing's changed. Jesus 911, we'll be right back. Hey, we're going to move over to Bishop Strickland calling Catholics to be fearless and defend the truth and oppose the woke culture. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, Dial 888-526-2151. The Holy Spirit unifies our lives. That's what Fulton Sheen said. I want you to hear this basically segues into the last segment that we just did. Archbishop Fulton Sheen said the following. It applies today. He says, what does the Holy Spirit do to us? It unifies our lives. The Holy Spirit takes possession of the intellect so that we possess the truth of Christ, of the will, so that we have his power, which is grace, and of the body, so that it becomes a temple of God. The Holy Spirit unites all our activity. Without the Spirit, we are disjointed, disunited. The best psychological explanation of man that was ever given is in the seventh chapter of Romans. Could it have been an autobiography of St. Paul? We do not know. But this is man without the Holy Spirit. The words I, me, my, myself are used at least 30 times in chapter 7 of Romans. We know that the law is spiritual, he says, but I am not. I am unspiritual. I do not even acknowledge my actions as mine. For what I do is not what I want to do, but what I detest. But if what I do is against my will... And so forth. I, 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 me, me, my, myself. Utter confusion. 
Then St. Paul ends the chapter by the invocation of the Holy Spirit in chapter 8, which is about the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. The personal pronouns are used only about three or four times. The I disappears. The psychic neurotic difficulties of our modern age are due to the effects of the satanic and the demonic, the disruption of pattern and form. Those who are at peace are at peace because the Holy Spirit is drawing all the parts of humanity together. Just a thought. Moving on to another great bishop, Bishop Strickland. He says Catholics must fearlessly defend the truth and oppose woke culture. He's going to be processing with us in our prayerful pilgrimage uh, in two weeks. Uh, Bishop Strickland is exhorting listeners to fearlessly defend the truth in the face of woke ideology. He reminds Catholics, it's not just a winning strategy, but a moral obligation. His Excellency began, yeah, he began with a brief exposition of the Catholic faith, says that the faith should be anchored on the truths handed down from Christ and the apostles in the deposit of faith. That's my license plate, Jude 3. He also noted that while some would say that Christ exhorted his followers not to judge others, he did stress the reality of the judgment of God. Bishop Strickland then stressed the importance of making judgments in accordance with truth, saying, we do not make judgment. We do make judgments and we make judgments based on the truth that we know. And the mm-hmm. truth is what God has revealed to us, plus the natural law and what we can know and what we what we can come to know simply by being human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Mm. Bishop Strickland explained further, observing that it's better to tell people the unchanging truth rather than abide by how they identify, calling it insane, ridiculous, and harmful. He says, we've got to remember these basic truths and not let anyone scare, scare us or yell at us. All this stuff that's going on to cause us to be woke. He says, woke is as dead asleep as anything. Being awakened is knowing the truth of Jesus Christ. Woke needs to be opposed by every person of faith. He says, I'm sure the faithful get more and more tired and sickened by what we see going on. I mean, things like Bud Light and Target and all of these things we need to, all of these things we need to quit. I'm just saying, I'm just saying us collectively, we need to know the truth. We need to simply say, no, I'm not going to spend a dollar in your store or on your product or on anything or on anything you're doing. Paul, comments about this brave bishop? Yeah, uh, thank God for this great bishop. We need more voices like him, Jess, as you know, and um, we need to keep him in prayer because, um, uh, you know, he is subject to attack because he dares to to stand against the the flow he dares to swim upstream but remember the salmon that swim upstream they get up there what do they do that's where they reproduce that's where they lay their eggs and that's exactly what we do when we when we go against the tide we're able to replicate we're able to reproduce and replenish the earth with truth because we know that the the tide of this world is always always uh, flowing against the ebb tide against the Lord. Uh, yeah, Jess, um, let's keep him in, in, in prayer. Absolutely. And for those of you that want to be with Bishop Strickland, myself, Terry Barber, and many other people from VMPR, we're going to be on June 16th. We're going to be uh, 
staging at the Los Angeles Cathedral on the corner of Temple and Grand. Uh, if if people get there between 3 and 4.30, that would be good. Park your cars there. We're going to start processing at 4.30 from the cathedral to Dodger Stadium. And uh, it's about a 1.5-mile walk. We're going to be praying the entire time. We're going to pray, be praying the, the Holy Rosary, litanies in between the rosary, and then the Psalms in between the litanies as well. So it's going to be the rosary, litanies to Our Lady, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, to the Holy Face of Jesus, uh, to the Blood of Jesus, to St. Joseph, and then Psalms in between. So it's going to be nonstop prayer, Jericho style, Jericho March style. Uh, yeah. We're going to have we're going to have signs. We're going to have uh, banners. There's already about eight billboards around uh, Dodger Stadium with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So you got good Catholic organizations like Catholics for Catholics. Uh, they purchased eight signs. They rented eight billboards and have put beautiful uh, signs around the Los Angeles area saying mm-hmm. June is the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ there. Uh- Hey, yeah, that, go ahead. Who, who was who was the Dodger pitcher who stood up boldly and said, "I don't support it. I don't agree." There was a pitcher. Um, I, I can't think of his name right now, but he stood up and he says he is opposed to the stand that the Dodgers are taking, and uh, that's what we need. We need people, you know, to to to, to hold true to their values. Yes, uh, I had a friend this morning. Yeah. He sent me um, uh, the. It said Pride Month, all run together with no space in between Pride and Month. And then what was highlighted from the D in Pride on is Demon. Yeah, that's right. I saw it too. Yep. I Yeah. Which, which shows you the origins of it. It just shows you the origins of it, Paul. <laughs> that's not a coincidence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe in coincidences either, like that. No, yes. and I, I honestly do believe that. You know, it, again, there, if anything, there's preternatural influence involved in that. You know, absolutely. And the reason we're going to go out there and pray in public is because uh, they're publicly offending our Lord and Our Lady. So we need to make public reparation for the offenses committed against our Lord and Our Lady. That's what the Catholics. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for centuries. It's called public reparation prayers for the offenses committed against our Lord and the offenses and blasphemies and sacrilege committed against our lady. So we're praying the reparation means to repair the damage. In other words, because Mm. God is holy, holy, holy. And these in these offenses of sacrilege and blasphemy offend our holy, holy, holy God. We in the body of Christ, the people of God, Catholic Christians, we have to go and do pray in public and do penance. It's going to be hard walking up a 1.5 mile hill and walking back at yeah. night in a crowded street. All that's penance, but we're going to do that because Jesus is worth it because we love him Amen. and we want to, we want to soothe. We want to soothe him and our ladies, their sacred heart from the offenses from this, uh, these homosexual men who, uh, if, if, if our Lord would see them, he would tell them, uh, uh, he would say, uh, uh, you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. 
The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are homosexual men that are impersonating drag queens. This is hate speech against Catholics. This is anti-Catholic bigotry. This is the only acceptable religion to, to bash in the United States. As Archbishop Corleone says, he goes, I'm sick of it from San Francisco. He goes, I'm sick of it. He goes, the Catholic Church has been hated on and there's been anti-Catholic bigotry since day one. And that's true because the, 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 the America was started by Protestants and Masons. Uh, and so that that's a true statement. And we're sick and tired of it. And we're going to go out there and we're going to boldly pray and proclaim the Jesus Christ in the streets of Los Angeles. Yeah. And just this is not about hate. This is about love. The sacred scripture tells us that love corrects. And you know what? These men have been wounded. They have been beat up by this world. They have been deceived. No different than our, you know, the first mother of the earth, Eve, was deceived by and beguiled by the serpent. And so, so what we're doing is we're just going to speak the truth, and we pray, and uh, you know, we're you know we're doing what God called us to do, and we're going to pray that God reap, uh, you know, that a harvest be be reaped from this, that people will will, will wake up because we're using the weapons that God gave us. We're not like you said out there like. Antifa and Black Lives Matter. We're not, you know, trying to uh, intimidate and, and tear down the place. What we're simply doing is using the weapons that God gave us, which are prayer, holiness, and like you said, reparation. Uh, yeah. Look what happened when uh, when God told would bargain with Abraham if they're, you know, uh, about any righteous people in Sodom. Well, that's what we're doing. We're we're those righteous people who are willing to stand in the gap and yeah. count it and say, Lord, have mercy on us. Please, for the sake of the elect, we are yeah. truly being the salt of the earth, Jess, uh, preservative. Amen, brother. Uh, thank, thank you so much for uh, the you family that listens to us. Jesus 911, uh, we have we have quite a quite an audience Everywhere I go around the country, people are saying, I listen to that show. I listen to your show all the time. I thank you for your listenership. I thank you for walking with us uh, from this life to the next. And I hope that myself and Paul and the others here on Jesus 911, I hope that we're a source of encouragement because that's exactly what we want to do is we want to encourage the body of Christ. We want to just share with you that we're keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And, and we want to encourage you to be saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Life is short. This is going to be the easiest time in history to become a saint because of the persecution, because of the woke culture. Guess what? As you push back and resist, as as San Jose Luis Sanchez said, now is the easiest time more than ever to become a saint. Don't miss the opportunity. Hey, up next, you'll hear from Gary Machuda. The big guy from the Midwest Command Center talking on hands-on apologetics. As for me and Paul, we are EOW end of watch. As for now, for the show. But we're never off duty when it comes to serving Christ the King and Our Lady. Okay, family, we'll see you next time. Same Christ channel, same Christ time. Keep the faith.